So we're here to change the game and analyze the game that we are playing, and I hope that you're willing to join us and play along. Here we are. Welcome to the Kindness Economy podcast. Indeed. For season two, episode two, doing business from the heart outward. outward. And for this episode, we're going to just take a moment and actually explain to you what we mean when we say from the heart outward, what Whoa. is the kindness economy? What is the game that we're playing? And invite you to come play this game with us. So I am your host. I am Rebecca. I am co-host. I'm Courtney. Wow. Um, and how yeah. How are you doing? How am I doing? I'm upright. I'm in one piece. Doing the whole self-care thing. Nice washing work. my hands. Drinking lots of fluids. I'm not drinking enough water by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so yeah. I've been showing up for stem cell treatment, apparently. It's not stem cell treatment. It's a Herman machine. So they take my blood out. They put it in this machine. They oxygenate the hell out of it, and then they give it back to me. Cool. It's kind of cool. It's like super weird, and there's videos of me on Instagram of that, if you're into that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but the, the information, so basically for our general format, the information is going to be broken up into you know, how we are and where our information is coming from, and then we're going to just dive into the Rantafesto. So for me, the information that I am drawing upon for what I think about as the kindness economy, you can read books like Finite and Infinite Games, and for like a, I would say, you know, in our tarot uh, tradition, the like negative of that perhaps would be like The Art of War, which I also read both of them for the purposes of drawing on that information to present it to you for this conversation. And if you would like to dive into more of those thoughts, those books are available to you. I will warn you, um, Finite and Infinite Games, my partner hates that book. And Really? Um, and they, they are like, this is just like Plato, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but I love Plato. So if you love Plato and find that interesting then Finite and Infinite Games is amazing. And it just sort of gets you in the mindset of what it means to be open-ended and inclusive with your games, where Art of War and that books like that in, encourage us to be dominant in a way that is no longer helpful. So we're here to change the game and analyze the game that we are playing, and I hope that you're willing to join us and play along that that actually comes down to like the meat of it like don't be an asshole how much more basic can you get don't be an asshole for you know, real it's remarkable um, how not straightforward that is these days uh, that's true oh and i'm trying to think of like what what i wind up drawing on and drawing from for my whole take on my relationship with the game as it exists and the game as it is presented to us um I am, actually, yeah, for those of you just tuning in, I am a professional organizer. That is what I've been doing for the past 10 years. I go into people's homes and I help them deal with stuff, tangible, like, things. 
And my specialty has gravitated towards death and end-of-life situations, which is a really interesting opportunity because you get to see what people value as far as like this has worth as an object and what people value is in this is something that is worthwhile to me in my life the disconnect between the life value versus the object value is something that i encounter daily um so it leads me to have a pretty interesting sort of perspective and take like having this exposure to this disconnect every day going oh 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 so many things are broken that people can't quite wrap their heads around yet and people are still learning how to articulate in what way like even taking the time to name the game to look at capitalism or you know how you're playing any game what is what is it how do we agree on the rules what if the rules no longer serve us what happens if you want to change it? So that's that's sort of where I'm coming from. I like that you have like actual life thing, and I'm like, I read this book. I'm so excited to tell you about it. <laughs> no, I watched somebody just com come completely unglued. <laughs> All right, I think we're good, and let's keep it moving. <laughs> Okay. Part so, two. All right. Part two. The problem. The problem. I feel like everyone knows the problem that we are seeing, but let's talk about what it means to do business from the heart outward. And then we're going to get more into the problems as we see it. Mm. So to do business from the heart outward is to think about what you want to make you happy. And not in a mindless, I don't care about other people or the impact that that has, but, but on making sure that your insecurities aren't running your life. Because when you're too insecure to, to acknowledge what your body is telling you is wrong, to not be living within your values, you start to sell out your values for dollars in business and and the way that you're willing to sell out your values in business you also you're willing to sell out your values interpersonally if that's what you're doing in business you're for sure doing that with your friends and your family so we start with the heart we start with loving oneself and loving whatever those insecurities are and sitting with them and knowing them And then when we're stable, we move outward to the family. And family's not the people that I was born with necessarily. It's the people that uplift me, that I gather around me to make my family with in my future, to raise my children with. I want it to be a team of people. We, we know how to take care of ourselves, and then we can show up and be able to uplift one another. And from that community base, 
We can engage with our neighborhoods. We can volunteer. We can reach out and participate geopolitically. Because in the kindness economy, it goes self, family, community, and geopolitics. Because borders are bullshit. We need to stop playing these territory games that we learned from the Romans. And the only thing left of them is stadiums, roads, and aqueducts. And if we're not careful, we're going to have the same thing left of us. We have debt. We have debt that we have not paid because we only calculate money. And by not calculating love and the impact of love, we've been so inspired by colonialism, we're dead inside. So we don't get in touch with our true self before we make these decisions and we make bad decisions and groups of us make bad decisions and now we have this debt. And the longer we don't pay it, it just collects interest like any other debt. So what I want us to start thinking about is no one does, no one pays the cost of doing business. Almost no one. The way that most people do business in our free market is by externalizing the costs as much as possible. You can externalize it to your employees. You can externalize it to the environment. You can externalize it to the community around you. And a perfect example of this is McDonald's. Literally everything that they do is externalizing the cost of their existence onto the community, onto their customers, onto their employees. They pay as little money as humanly possible to their employees to get cheap food that strips rainforest land to raise cattle that hurts the customer because it's not good for them and doesn't pay the cost of that at all. How do we allow them to exist? How do we allow companies like Walmart that don't pay a living wage to their employees and have a huge number, huge percentage of employees that are living on government assistance, that shouldn't be a thing. But it is. There's a whole group of people, when you start to go on the internet about how to take care of your finances, there's a whole community of people that are encouraging folks to create tax shelters to keep more of their taxes. And I don't understand how no one's had the conversation about like, we can't do that at scale. You're ripping off your communities when you do that. I can't justify keeping my wealth to myself like, like you're not clever. You're ripping off your communities when you do that. I don't understand how the IRS, they have conferences about this. How is the IRS not kicking it outside in the parking lot, like writing down numbers? Why? And there's just so much vested in keeping it the way that it is, even though 
it's made it's like a huge mountain made of paper mache <laughs> so we're here to tear all that down and be like yo actually you don't need to do any of that when you stop playing these games these finite games where you have to have a winner and it has to be me or you or you but you know nobody else I I can't I want to contribute with my wealth to universal basic income because I understand that at, a, at the end of the day we don't we don't have enough good jobs for people to live on and I want universal health care because as an employer it's terrifying to me that I have the power to make decisions like oh well one of our employees has diabetes and a lot of our employees have kids so we for sure gotta make sure we get the cheapest option that will cover those things but those are the decisions it's the cheapest option that will cover this and this and this and this it's it shouldn't be my decision it's terrible as a, I, I just it's str so stressful to think about how much power I have to destroy someone's life because my business model won't accommodate reasonable accommodations to human beings so I created this for us to talk about this for us to think of examples and ways and how to be better so I hope you enjoy it so that is where we start right and for a glimpse of what the backside of our counterpoint looks like yeah like I don't even know if like what I have to offer is a counterpoint or just another like I'm not diametrically opposed or anything oh no it's no, just no like no it's, I'm, I'm just somewhere over, over there and like I made a note to myself, I was laughing about the whole uh, billionaires taking advantage of tax loopholes. And one of the things I saw immediately before we started recording was like in 2018, Amazon play, paid zero. Well, so in taxes, it's difficult to say like that. It's not that they didn't pay any taxes because they certainly pay t payroll taxes and, mm. and that kind of stuff. So I don't want to get like over clocked on what is and is not mm. legal tax usage it's when you know everyday everyday people start using these systems as if they're corporations well that's the end game where people are like if if you do the thing well enough if you do things x y and z way you too can be instead of you too can be a re real boy it's you too can be a corporation you too can operate at this scale and really not only can you not operate at this scale like the corporations can't operate at corporate scale not for much longer shit's gonna change i mean that's basically my stance boils down to things about to change things are going to change you can choose how they change 
you can try and craft a way that they change or guide that change in some sort of meaningful way that it won't collapse in on itself, like what's threatening to happen now. Or you can just kind of sit back and let things collapse in on themselves like is threatening to happen now and whatever comes out of it, let's see what happens. Which is a possibility, but honestly is kind of shitty because it favors people who have like enforced structures that disadvantage and oppress other segments of population and not just like in our country but across the world like externalizing things not giving a fuck about sea level rise even though it's taking out complete islands in the pacific because well it's it's not affecting us here yet like we haven't lost much in the way of beach or anything so everything's fine right eh, not so much not so much um so I have been thinking about like my whole take on it and how it, it, it's tied to objects, obviously because of my background and because of my business. Um, and there are things, there's been like the change in value of consumer goods and like life goods. So like the value of education, like the cost, the cost of education has gone up. The cost of healthcare has gone up. Like the cost of all these things that would have positive impacts on our lives. You know, like having adequate health care. That would be a wonderful thing. Way more expensive now. Um, things that are much less expensive are the things that I wind up dealing with. So like the extra clothes, the extra technology, the extra objects and things that fill up spaces that's what's abundant right now and that is starting to not only overpower people's ability to manage them it's actually starting to overpower the our overall social ability to manage them like the ability to process the secondary market is falling in like i'm i'm seeing this in a way that the average consumer is not but that we're starting to run out of in a way to make things go away too. Um, a lot of places just don't accept donations the way they used to. And it's going to become a bigger and bigger problem. Literally in the last year, when people started to do the Murray Kondo thing, and that's just like a quick oh, trend, that's like nobody huge. pays attention, you know, more than a few weeks after whatever story breaks. <laughs> the impact of people Mary condoing and generally downsizing their lives in the secondary market of our objects has been catastrophic on those markets. Yes. Because, and, and, and there was even a story about China refusing recyclables. Yes. And we still don't, we still haven't solved any of these things. We just stopped talking about them because we're talking about something else now. Yeah. And it's, it's that, externalizing oh well this is something we don't want to deal with here pass it on and that is the ability to do that is going away so that's what i mean by that that's going to change you can either let it fall apart and go dur, 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 in which case you find somebody else to dump on which is kind of a shitty model or you can decide like i don't want to be part of the problem i do want to try and imagine some other way. I mean, I think one of the things that hamstrings people, quite frankly, is that uh, being wedded to the inevitability of uh, capitalism, 
like this is the way things have been therefore this is the way things must always like it's the way it is the way it is the yeah. truth it, no it's just this thing we've been doing for a it, while and we could totally do something else yeah it's it's busted it's busted it's like there's this unwillingness to say that it's busted because well, we've been doing it for so long what is it the uh, sunk cost fallacy it's mm. like oh but then it's like you know i've put so much effort into this and like you you don't want to waste your effort or your time or whatever you've sunk into this thing, this uh, ethos, ethos construct. Yeah. Um, but, and this is was something I brought up with someone last week. Does that mean it's worth any future peace you could get by stepping away from it? Like, what's the value of that? So I don't actually believe that we need to completely remove capitalism. Mm. I think that there's just a few industries that it's really important for us to dial it back. And for, in general, us to take pride in the spirit of the game. Like, what do you want the spirit of the game to be? I'm going to point out the Seth Grodin yeah, yeah. Uh, podcast that you shared. You can like, put a link to that. He has a total, he has um, a whole episode on it. It's was a, it sportsmanship? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a rule in Ultimate Frisbee that there's no referees. That you're playing yeah. in the spirit of the game means that you call your own fouls. You're there to do your very best. And it's not, it's not up to you to skirt around the rules to the best of your ability and see you know, the angles to see if the referee sees you, yada, yada, yada. You don't do any of that. You just play the game to the best of your ability. And, and just think about how much energy we lose skirting the rules to get away with something if we would just play the game to the best of our ability with an open heart and open eyes, a willingness to see the impact and be like, oh, oh, you know what? That was fucked up. We're going to stop that. People, people don't it's think too that hard that's an option. Right now. Yeah, it's too hard right now. We're going to get into the vulnerability aspect of it because that's our next episode. Yeah, but for now, we're just focusing on the change. We have to change. That's yeah, and and the world is going to be shifting to calculating more of this stuff. And the game that we want to be playing, what this show is about, is about preparing each individual hero to take part and participate with us as we change the world. Or over wherever you are, but just doing your thing. Coming up with some other way, like dream bigger, be audacious, come up with stuff that makes people look at you sideways going, what are you talking about? Try it out because life is not a static state. Like all of this is always in a state of flux in one way or another and i do think that things are shifting and considering how how to be flexible how to give yourself more margins bend or break to run your business with abundance you don't have to kill everyone it's not like business is not a proxy for war. <laughs> it is not a proxy for it war. It is not a proxy for war. I still think it's helpful to read The Art of War because you can see it coming. 
Yeah. It helps you understand, like, it's sort of like the folks that get super overclocked on Ayn Rand, you know? <laughs> if, like, it's just sort of a red flag when they're like, oh, I keep a copy of The Art of War in my backpack. Totally met that guy. It's a real human being. And I'm not saying that that's a bad dude. I'm just saying I'm totally not doing business with them. Yeah. That's a model that's worked and it worked for a long time and I'm not even mad because people don't have the education and access to understand. But I'm for sure going to put out as much good information as I can to contribute to making it possible that we do something else. Yeah. Because I believe, I believe in it so importantly. It's just so good. And I think good. it's important for us to just kind of get in a sandbox and start spitballing, start throwing things around and start playing, playing variations on games, playing something different and cobbling together something interesting. And maybe it'll catch. Who knows? So if you'd like to share with us your stories, how you would like to see the kindness economy work, there's comments because now we're on YouTube. This is happening. Oh, my God. Totally on YouTube. I, I scratched um, my face because the kitty furs. Oh, God. I keep looking at the kitty. She's here. She's going to be oh. famous. Oh. She's going to be famous. Get us, get us in the yeah, comments. There's, there's Find things. us on the internet. This feels really good, yeah? I think so. Okay, great. Let us do the thing. We're going to wrap this up. And if you're here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button because we're going to keep doing this every week. Oh, my God. If you'd like to just hang out with us in the background for your podcasting, we are available wherever you find your podcasts yes. at Kindness Economy. You can check out the back catalog and all of the notes at kindnessecon.com. If you have questions that you'd like to share with me privately or ideas, comments, anything, hit me up at kindnessecon at gmail.com and just hang out with us individually on the internet. You're... You can't get rid of me. I am incredibly online. <laughs> I am bonus parent Baba wherever you find people. <laughs> That is very true. Even in places where there aren't people yet. I, but, That's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's true. And you can find me. I am uh, Courtney King at Seeking Solutions. That is the letter C, K-I-N-G, Solutions. Um, SeekingSolutions.com. Like, like I'm rounding up everything over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So join us. Please take excellent care of yourself and the people and the world around you. Oh, treat big. I'll see you in the future. Here we go. Let's. Oh, look at that signal. Let's so shuffle some cards. Yeah. That's, uh, I like that. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I like spilling tea on myself. That's okay don't do too. That. Don't spill tea on the technology. I won't. Just my pants. <laughs> pants are fine. Are pants technology? Absolutely. Pants count as technology? Yeah, the second you add a seam to something. Ooh. And today's card is... Chance. Wait. Change. Change. Yeah, I can... Yeah, that's... Oh, wait. That was the two of Earth? Yes. Two of Earth? I do, in fact, literally have learning disabilities, so the reading thing is a real thing. Yeah. 
while we're here at the tarot part of our show, ooh, you found it. Yeah. Let's go. I got it. Two of Earth is change. Correspondences are Jupiter and Capricorn. The keywords on the positive side, the power of opposites, the eternal circle, yin-yang, flexibility, polarization, this is perfect. transmutation. This is so perfect. On the negative, risk avoidance, missing opportunities, fear of change, busy work, meaning the card urges us to realize that everything has two sides and to abandon a single outlook. Life is best approached with a certain amount of flexibility and an easygoing attitude. Exploring the card, as I stop and look at the card, uh, the card shows a tree in a landscape that is dominated by winter on the left side and summer on the right. The tree has evolved perfectly to follow the cycle of the seasons, just as the card urges us to make change our second nature. This is perfect. Also, I have made friends with someone who does tarot on the internet. He is the hardest man in tarot on YouTube. I will put that in the card. It's over there. That's where the card's going to be. And um, in one of his videos, he talks about like how to read tarot and that he doesn't do negatives because there's a 50-50 chance of negative and there's a far less than 50-50 chance of negative in life, generally mm. speaking. And so it really speaks more to what happens when you sort of overcorrect on the good parts of the idea. So it's sort of like a warning more than this is what has blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just thought that was super interesting. And also Hardest Man in Tarot. It's pretty cool. He's the, he's our low tech guy. And, uh, it's actually kind of cool the way it goes with his show to be low tech. So he's literally like the thing where he has his computer on the thing. He uses candles for his lighting. Okay. And it totally works with the show. Like it totally makes yeah, sense. I, I like it. I like and, it. Uh, candles yeah. Are cool. I mean, he also like on Twitter was willing to um, put that. This is the frame right before the frame where I lit my beard on fire, which is part on Twitter where I was like, That's, I think we're going to be friends. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. I think we're going to be friends. <laughs> so, uh, change. Whoop. There it is. Let's get going. 